Part three of the Experienced English Housekeeper by Elizabeth Raffold. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter three Observations on Roasting and Boiling. When you boil any kind of meat, particularly veal, it requires a great deal of care and neatness. Be sure your copper is very clean and well tinned, fill it as full of soft water as is necessary. Dust your veal well with fine flour, put it into your copper, set it over a large fire. Some chooses to put in milk to make it white, but I think it is better without. If your water happens to be the least hard, it curdles the milk, and gives the veal a brown-yellow cast, and often hangs in lumps about the veal. So will oatmeal. But by dusting your veal, and putting it into the water when cold, it prevents the foulness of the water from hanging upon it. When the scum begins to rise, take it clear off, put on your cover, let it boil in plenty of water as slow as possible. It will make your veal rise and plump. A cook cannot be guilty of a greater error than to let any sort of meat boil fast. It hardens the outside before the inside is warm, and discolours it, especially veal. For instance, a leg of veal twelve pounds weight will require three hours and a half boiling. The slower it boils, the whiter and plumper it will be. When you boil mutton or beef, observe to dredge them well with flour before you put them into the kettle of cold water. Keep it covered and take off the scum. Mutton or beef don't require so much boiling, nor is it so great a fault if they are a little short. But veal, pork, or lamb is not so wholesome if they are not boiled enough. A leg of pork will require half an hour more boiling than a leg of veal of the same weight. When you boil beef or mutton, you may allow an hour for every four pound weight. It is the best way to put in your meat when the water is cold. It gets warm to the heart before the outside grows hard. A leg of lamb four pounds weight will require an hour and a half boiling. When you roast any kind of meat, it is a very good way to put a little salt and water into your dripping pan. Baste your meat a little with it, let it dry, then dust it well with flour. Baste it with fresh butter, it will make your meat a better colour. Observe always to have a brisk clear fire, it will prevent your meat from dazing and the froth from falling. Keep it a good distance from the fire. If the meat is scorched, the outside is hard, and prevents the heat from penetrating into the meat, and will appear enough before it be little more than half done. Time, distance basting often, and a clear fire, is the best method I can prescribe for roasting meat to perfection. When the steam draws near the fire, it is a sign of its being enough, but you will be the best judge of that from the time you put it down. Be careful when you roast any kind of wild fowl to keep a clear brisk fire. Roast them a light brown, but not too much. It is a great fault to roast them till the gravy runs out of them. It takes off the fine flavour. Tame fowls requires more roasting. They are a long time before they are hot through and must be often basted to keep up a strong froth. It makes them rise better and a finer colour. Pigs and geese should be roasted before a good fire and turned quick. 
Hares and rabbits requires time and care to see the ends are roasted enough. When they are half roasted, cut the neck skin to let out the blood, or when they are cut up, they often appear bloody at the neck. To roast a pig. Stick your pig just above the breastbone, run your knife to the heart. When it is dead, put it in cold water for a few minutes. Then rub it over with a little rosin, beat exceeding fine, or its own blood. Put your pig into a pail of scalding water half a minute, take it out, lay it on a clean table, pull off the hair as quick as possible, if it does not come clean off, put it in again. When you have got it all clean off, wash it in warm water, then in two or three cold waters, for fear the rosin should taste. Take off the four feet at the first joint, make a slit down the belly, take out all the entrails, put the liver, heart and lights to the petty toes, wash it well out of cold water, dry it exceeding well with a cloth, hang it up, and when you roast it, put in a little shred sage, a teaspoon of black pepper, two of salt, and a crust of brown bread. Spit your pig, and sew it up, Lay it down to a brisk clear fire, with a pig plate hung in the middle of the fire. When your pig is warm, put a lump of butter in a cloth, rub your pig often with it while it is roasting, a large one will take an hour and a half. When your pig is a fine brown, and the steam draws near the fire, take a clean cloth, rub your pig quite dry, then rub it well with a little cold butter, it will help to crisp it. Then take a sharp knife, cut off the head, and take off the collar. Then take off the ears and jawbone, split the jaw in two. When you have cut the pig down the back, which must be done before you draw the spit out, then lay your pig back to back on your dish, and the jaw on each side, the ears on each shoulder, and the collar at the shoulder, and pour in your sauce, and serve it up. Garnish with a crust of brown bread grated. To make a sauce for a pig. Chop the brains a little, then put in a teacupful of white gravy, with the gravy that runs out of the pig, a little bit of anchovy. Mix near half a pound of butter with as much flour as will thicken the gravy, a slice of lemon, a spoonful of white wine, a little caper liquor and salt. Shake it over the fire, and pour it into your dish. Some like currants. Boil a few and send them in a tea saucer, with a glass of currant jelly in the middle of it. A second way to make pig sauce. Cut all the outsides of a penny loaf, then cut it into very thin slices. Put it into a saucepan of cold water, with an onion, a few peppercorns and a little salt. Boil it until it be a fine pulp, then beat it well. Put in a quarter of a pound of butter and two spoonfuls of thick cream, make it hot, and put it into a basin. To dress a pig's petty toes. Take up the heart, liver, and lights when they have boiled ten minutes, and shred them pretty small, but let the feet boil till they are pretty tender, then take them out and split them. Thicken your gravy with flour and butter, put in your mincemeat, a slice of lemon, a spoonful of white wine, a little salt, and boil it a little. Beat the yolk of an egg, add it to two spoonfuls of good cream, 
and a little grated nutmeg, put it in your pettitoes. Shake it over the fire, but don't let it boil. Lay sippets round your dish, pour in your mincemeat, lay the feet over them, the skin side up, and send them to the table. To boil a goose with onion sauce. Take your goose ready dressed, singe it and pour over it a quart of boiling milk. Let it lie in it all night, then take it out and dry it exceeding well with a cloth, season it with pepper and salt, chop small a large onion, a handful of sage leaves, put them into your goose, sew it up at the neck and vent, hang it up by the legs till the next day, then put it into a pan of cold water, cover it close, and let it boil slowly one hour. To stew goose giblets. Cut your pinions in two, the neck in four pieces. Slice the gizzard, clean it well, stew them in two quarts of water or mutton broth with a bundle of sweet herbs, one anchovy, a few peppercorns, three or four cloves, a spoonful of ketchup and an onion. When the giblets are tender, put in a spoonful of good cream, thicken it with flour and butter, serve them up in a soup dish, and lay sippets around it. To roast a green goose. When your goose is ready dressed, put in a good lump of butter, spit it, lay it down, singe it well, dust it with flour, baste it well with fresh butter. Baste it three or four different times with cold butter, it will make the flesh rise better than if you was to baste it out of the dripping pan. If it is a large one, it will take three quarters of an hour to roast it. When you think it is enough, dredge it with your flour, baste it till it is a fine froth, and your goose a nice brown, and dish it up with a little brown gravy under it. Garnish with a crust of bread grated round the edge of your dish. To make sauce for a green goose. Take some melted butter, put in a spoonful of the juice of sorrel, a little sugar, a few coddled gooseberries. Pour it into your sauce boats and send it hot to the table. To roast a stubble goose. Chop a few sage leaves and two onions very fine. Mix them with a good lump of butter, a teaspoonful of pepper and two of salt. Put it in your goose, then spit it and lay it down. Singe it well. Dust it with flour. When it is thoroughly hot, baste it with fresh butter. If it be a large one, it will require an hour and a half before a good clear fire. When it is enough, dredge and baste it. Pull out the spit, pour in a little boiling water. To make sauce for a goose. Pare, core and slice your apples. Put them in a saucepan with as much water as will keep them from burning. Set them over a very slow fire. Keep them close covered till they are all of a pulp. Then put in a lump of butter and sugar to your taste. Beat them well and send them to the table in a china basin. To boil ducks with onion sauce. Scald and draw your ducks. Put them in warm water for a few minutes. Then take them out. Put them in an earthen pot. Pour over them a pint of boiling milk. Let them lie in it two or three hours. When you take them out, dredge them well with flour. Put them in a copper of cold water. Put on your cover, 
let them boil slowly twenty minutes, then take them out and smother them with onion sauce. To make onion sauce. Boil eight or ten large onions. Change the water two or three times while they are boiling. When enough, chop them on a board to keep them from going a bad colour. Put them in a saucepan with a quarter of a pound of butter, two spoonfuls of thick cream, boil it a little and pour it over the ducks. To roast ducks. When you have killed and drawn your ducks, shred one onion and a few sage leaves. Put them into your ducks with pepper and salt, spit, singe and dust them with flour, baste them with butter. If your fire be very hot, they will be roasted in twenty minutes. The quicker they are roasted, the better they eat. Just before you draw them, dust them with flour and baste them with butter. Put them on a dish. Have ready your gravy made of the gizzards and pinions, a large blade of mace, a few peppercorns, a spoonful of ketchup, the same of browning, a teaspoonful of lemon pickle, and one onion. Strain it, pour it on your dish, and send onion sauce in a boat. To boil a turkey with oyster sauce. Let your turkey have no meat the day before you kill it. When you are going to kill it, give it a spoonful of allegar. It will make it white and eat tender. When you have killed it, hang it up by the legs for four or five days at least. When you have plucked it, draw it at the rump. If you can take the breastbone out nicely, it will look much better. Cut off the legs, put the ends of the thighs into the body of the turkey, skewer them down and tie them with a string. Cut off the head and neck, then grate a penny loaf. Chop a score or more of oysters fine, shred a little lemon peel, nutmeg, pepper and salt to your palate, mix it up into a light force meat with a quarter of a pound of butter, a spoonful or two of cream and three eggs. Stuff the craw with it, and make the rest into balls and boil them. Sew up the turkey, dredge it well with flour, put it into a kettle of cold water, cover it and set it over the fire. When the scum begins to rise, take it off, put on your cover, let it boil very slowly for half an hour, then take off your kettle and keep it close covered. If it be of a middle size, let it stand half an hour in the hot water. The steam being kept in will stew it enough. Make it rise. Keep the skin whole, tender and very white. When you dish it up, pour over it a little of your oyster sauce. Lay your balls round it and serve it with the rest of your sauce in a boat. Garnish with lemon and barberries. MB. Observe to set on your turkey in time that it may stew as above. It is the best way I ever found to boil one to perfection. When you are going to dish it up, set it over the fire to make it quite hot. To make sauce for a turkey. As you open your oysters, put a pint into a basin, wash them out of their liquor and put them in another basin. When the liquor is settled, pour it clean off into a saucepan with a little white gravy a teaspoonful of lemon pickle. Thicken it with flour and a good lump of butter. Boil it three or four minutes. Put in a spoonful of good thick cream. Put in your oysters. 
keep shaking them over the fire till they are quite hot, but don't let them boil. It will make them hard and look little. A second way to make sauce for a turkey. Cut a scrag end of a neck of veal in pieces. Put them in a saucepan with two or three blades of mace, one anchovy, a few sticks celery, a little cheyenne and salt, a glass white wine, a spoonful of lemon pickle, teaspoonful of mushroom powder or ketchup, a quart of water. Put on your cover and let it boil until it be reduced to a pint. Strain it and thicken it with a quarter of a pound of butter rolled in flour. Boil it a little, put in a spoonful of thick cream and pour it on the turkey. When you have dressed your turkey as before, truss its head down to the legs, then make your force meat. Take the crumbs of a penny loaf, a quarter of a pound of beef suet, shred fine, a little sausage meat or veal, scraped and pounded exceeding fine, nutmeg, pepper and salt to your palate. Mix it up lightly with the eggs, stuff the craw with it, spit it and lay it down a good distance from the fire. Keep it clear and brisk, singe, dust and baste it seven times with cold butter. It makes the froth stronger than basting it with the hot out of the dripping pan and makes the turkey rise better. When it is enough, froth it up as before, dish it up, pour on your dish the same gravy as for the boiled turkey, only put in browning instead of cream. Garnish with lemon and pickles and serve it up. If it be of a middle size, it will require one hour and a quarter roasting. To make sauce for a turkey, cut the crusts of a penny loaf, cut the rest in thin slices, put it in cold water with a few peppercorns, a little salt and onion. Boil it till the bread is quite soft, then beat it well. Put in a quarter of a pound of butter, two spoonfuls of thick cream, and put it into a basin. To boil fowls. When you have plucked your fowls, draw them at the rump, cut off the head, neck and legs, take the breastbone very carefully out, skewer them with the end of their legs in the body, tie them round with a string, singe and dust them well with flour, put them in a kettle of cold water, cover it close, set it on the fire. When the scum begins to rise, take it off, put on your cover and let them boil very slowly twenty minutes. Take them off, cover them close, and the heat of the water will stew them enough in half an hour. It keeps the skin whole, and they will be both whiter and plumper than if they had boiled fast. When you take them up, drain them, pour over them white sauce or melted butter. To make white sauce for fowls. Take a scrag of veal, the necks of the fowls, or any bit of mutton or veal you have. Put them in a saucepan with a blade or two of mace, a few black peppercorns, one anchovy, a head of celery, a bunch of sweet herbs, a slice of the end of a lemon. Put in a quart of water, cover it close, let it boil till it is reduced to half a pint. Strain it and thicken it with a quarter of a pound of butter mixed with flour. Boil it five or six minutes, put in two spoonfuls of pickled mushrooms. Mix the yolks of two eggs with a teacup full of good cream and a little nutmeg. Put it in your sauce, 
keep shaking it over the fire, but don't let it boil. To roast large fowls. Take your fowls when they are ready dressed, put them down to a good fire, singe, dust, and baste them well with butter. They will be near an hour in roasting. Make a gravy of the necks and gizzards, strain it, put in a spoonful of browning. When you dish them up, pour the gravy into the dish, serve them up with egg sauce in a boat. To make egg sauce. Boil two eggs hard, half chop the whites, then put in the yolks. Chop them both together, but not very fine. Put them into a quarter of a pound of good melted butter, and put it in a boat. To boil young chickens. Put your chickens in scalding water. As soon as the feathers will slip off, take them out or you will make the skin hard and break. When you have drawn them, lay them in skimmed milk for two hours, then truss them with their heads on their wings. Singe and dust them well with flour, put them in cold water, cover them close, set them over a very slow fire, take off the scum, let them boil slowly for five or six minutes. Take them off the fire, keep them close covered in the water for half an hour. It will stew them enough, and make them both white and plump. When you are going to dish them, set them over the fire to make them hot, drain them, pour over them white sauce, made the same way as for the boiled fowls. To Roast Young Chickens When you kill young chickens, pluck them very carefully. Draw them, only cut off the claws, truss them, and put them down to a good fire. Singe, dust, and baste them with butter. They will take a quarter of an hour roasting. Then froth them up, lay them on your dish, pour butter and parsley in the dish, and serve them up hot. To Roast Pheasants or Partridges When you roast pheasants or partridges, keep them at a good distance from the fire. Dust them and baste them often with fresh butter. If your fire is good, half an hour will roast them. Put a little gravy in the dish, made of a scrag of mutton, a spoonful of ketchup, the same of browning, and a teaspoonful of lemon pickle. Strain it, dish them up with bread sauce in a basin, made the same way as for the boiled turkey. N.B. When a pheasant is roasted, stick feathers on the tail before you send it to the table. To roast ruffs and rees. These birds I never met with but in Lincolnshire. The best way to feed them is with white bread boiled in milk. They must have separate pots, for two will not eat out of one. They will be fat in eight or ten days. When you kill them, slip the skin off the head and neck with the feathers on, then pluck and draw them. When you roast them, put them a good distance from the fire. If the fire be good, they will take about twelve minutes. When they are roasted, Slip the skin on again, with the feathers on, send them up with gravy under them, made the same as for the pheasant, and bread sauce, in a boat, or crisp crumps of bread round the edge of the dish. To roast woodcocks or snipes. Pluck them, but don't draw them. Put them on a small spit, dust and baste them well with butter, toast a few slices of a penny loaf, put them on a clean plate, 
and set it under the birds while they are roasting. If the fire be good, they will take about ten minutes roasting. When you draw them, lay them upon the toasts on the dish, pour melted butter round them, and serve them up. To roast wild ducks or teal. When your ducks are ready dressed, put in them a small onion, pepper, salt, and a spoonful of red wine. If the fire be good, they will roast in twenty minutes. Make gravy of the necks and gizzards, a spoonful of red wine, half an anchovy, a blade or two of mace, a slice of an end of a lemon, one onion, and a little cheyenne pepper. Boil it till it is wasted to half a pint. Strain it through a hair sieve. Put in a spoonful of browning. Pour it on your ducks. Serve them up with onion sauce in a boat. Garnish your dish with raspings of bread. To boil pigeons. Scald your pigeons, draw them, take the craw clean out, wash them in several waters, cut off the pinions, turn the legs under the wings, dredge them, and put them in soft cold water. Boil them very slowly a quarter of an hour, dish them up, pour over them good melted butter, lay round them a little broccoli in bunches, send butter and parsley in a boat. To roast pigeons. When you have dressed your pigeons as before, roll a good lump of butter in chopped parsley with pepper and salt. Put it in your pigeons, spit, dust and baste them. If the fire be good, they will be roasted in twenty minutes. When they are enough, lay round them bunches of asparagus with parsley and butter for sauce. To roast larks. Put a dozen of larks on a skewer, tie it to the spit at both ends, dredge and baste them, let them roast ten minutes. Take the crumb of a halfpenny loaf with a piece of butter the size of a walnut, put it in a tossing pan and shake it over a gentle fire till they are a light brown. Lay them betwixt your birds and pour over them a little melted butter. To boil rabbits. When you have cased your rabbits, skewer them with their heads straight up, the forelegs brought down and the hind legs straight. Boil them three quarters of an hour at least, then smother them with the onion sauce, made the same as for boiled ducks. Pull out the jaw bones, stick them in their eyes, put a sprig of myrtle or barberries in their mouths, and serve them up. To roast rabbits. When you have cased your rabbits, skewer their heads with their mouths upon their backs, stick their forelegs into their ribs, skewer the hind legs double. Then make a pudding for them of the crumb of half a penny loaf, a little parsley, sweet marjoram, thyme and lemon peel, all shred fine, nutmeg, pepper and salt to your taste. Mix them up into a light stuffing with a quarter of a pound of butter, a little good cream and two eggs. Put it into the belly, and sew them up. Dredge and baste them well with butter. Roast them near an hour. Serve them up with parsley and butter for sauce. Chop the livers and lay them in lumps around the edge of your dish. To roast a hare. Skewer your hare with the head upon one shoulder, the forelegs sticked into the ribs, the hind legs double. 
Make your pudding of the crumb of a penny loaf, a quarter of a pound of beef marrow or suet, and a quarter of a pound of butter. Shred the liver, a sprig or two of winter savoury, a little lemon peel, one anchovy, a little cayenne pepper, half a nutmeg grated. Mix them up in a light forcemeat with a glass of red wine and two eggs. Put in the belly of your hare, sew it up, put a quart of good milk in your dripping pan, baste your hare with it till it is reduced to half a gill, then dust and baste it well with butter. If it be a large one, it will require an hour and a half roasting. To boil a tongue. If your tongue be a dry one, steep it in water all night, then boil it three hours. If you would have it eat hot, stick it with cloves, rub it over with the yolk of an egg, strew over it bread crumbs, baste it with butter, set it before the fire till it is a light brown. When you dish it up, pour a little brown gravy or red wine sauce, mixed the same way as for venison. Lay slices of currant jelly round it. M.B. If it be a pickled one, only wash it out of water. To boil a ham. Steep your ham all night in water, then boil it. If it be of a middle size, it will take three hours boiling, and a small one two hours and a half. When you take it up, pull off the skin and rub it all over with an egg. Strew on bread crumbs, baste it with butter, set it to the fire till it be a light brown. If it be to eat hot, garnish with carrots and serve it up. To roast a haunch of venison. When you have spitted your venison, lay over it a large sheet of paper, then a thin common paste, with another paper over it. Tie it well to keep the paste from falling. If it be a large one, it will take four hours roasting. When it is enough, take off the paper and paste, dust it well with flour, and baste it with butter. When it is a light brown, dish it up with brown gravy in your dish, or currant jelly sauce, and send some in a boat. To broil beef steaks. Cut your steaks off a rump of beef about half an inch thick. Let your fire be clear. Rub your gridiron well with beef suet. When it is hot, lay them on. Let them broil until they begin to brown. Turn them, and when the other side is brown, lay them on a hot dish with a slice of butter betwixt every steak. Sprinkle a little pepper and salt over them. Let them stand two or three minutes. Then slice a shallot, as thin as possible, into a spoonful of water. Lay on your steaks again. Keep turning them till they are enough. Put them on your dish. Pour the shallot and water amongst them, and send them to the table. A very good way to fry beef steaks. Cut your steaks as for broiling. Put them into a stew pan with a good lump of butter. Set them over a very slow fire. Keep turning them till the butter is become a thick white gravy. Pour it into a basin and put more butter to them. When they are almost enough, pour all the gravy into your basin and put more butter into your pan. Fry them a light brown over a quick fire. Take them out of the pan. Put them in a hot pewter dish. Slice a shallot among them. Put a little in your gravy that was drawn from them, and pour it hot upon them. I think this is the best way of dressing beef steaks. 
Half a pound of butter will dress a large dish. To dress beef steaks a common way. Fry your steaks in butter, a good brown. Then put in half a pint of water, an onion sliced, a spoonful of walnut ketchup, a little caper liquor, pepper and salt. Cover them close with a dish and let them stew gently. When they are enough, thicken the gravy with flour and butter and serve them up. To broil mutton steaks. Cut your steaks half an inch thick. When your gridiron is hot, rub it with fresh suet. Lay on your steaks, keep turning them as quick as possible. If you don't take great care, the fat that drops from the steaks will smoke them. When they are enough, put them into a hot dish, rub them well with butter, slice a shallot very thin into a spoonful of water, pour it on them with a spoonful of mushroom ketchup and salt, serve them up hot. To broil pork steaks. Observe the same as from the mutton steaks, only pork requires more broiling. When they are enough, put in a little good gravy, a little sage rubbed very fine. Strew it over them, it gives them a fine taste. To hash beef. Cut your beef in very thin slices. Take a little of your gravy that run from it. Put it into a tossing pan with a teaspoonful of lemon pickle, a large one of walnut ketchup, the same of browning. Slice a shallot in and put it over the fire. When it boils, put in your beef. Shake it over the fire till it be quite hot. The gravy is not to be thickened. Slice in a small pickled cucumber. Garnish with scraped horseradish or pickled onions. To hash venison. Cut your venison into thin slices. Put a large glass of red wine into a tossing pan, a spoonful of mushroom ketchup, the same of browning, an onion stuck with cloves, and half an anchovy chopped small. When it boils, put in your venison, let it boil three or four minutes, pour it into a soup dish, and lay round it currant jelly or red cabbage. To hash mutton. Cut your mutton in slices. Put a pint of gravy or broth into a tossing pan, with one spoonful of mushroom ketchup, and one of browning. Slice in an onion, a little pepper and salt, put it over the fire, and thicken it with flour and butter. When it boils, put in your mutton, keep shaking it till it is thoroughly hot, Put it in a soup dish and serve it up. To hash veal. Cut your veal in thin round slices, the size of a half crown. Put them into a saucepan with a little gravy and lemon peel cut exceeding fine, a teaspoonful of lemon pickle. Put it over the fire and thicken it with flour and butter. When it boils, put in your veal. Just before you dish it up, put in a spoonful of cream. Lay sippets round your dish and serve it up. To warm up Scotch collops. When you have any Scotch collops left, put them into a stone jar till you want them. Then put the jar into a pan of boiling water. Let it stand till your collops are quite hot. Then pour them into a dish. Lay over them a few broiled bits of bacon and they will eat as well as fresh ones. To mince veal. Cut your veal in slices, then cut it in little square bits. 
Don't chop it. Put it into a saucepan with two or three spoonfuls of gravy, a slice of lemon, a little pepper and salt, a good lump of butter rolled in flour, a teaspoonful of lemon pickle, and a large spoonful of cream. Keep shaking it over the fire till it boils, but don't let it boil above a minute. If you do, it will make your veal eat hard. Put sippets round your dish and serve it up. To hash a turkey. Take off the legs, cut the thighs in two pieces, cut off the pinions and breast in pretty large pieces, take off the skin, or it will give the gravy a greasy taste, put it into a stew pan with a pint of gravy, a teaspoonful of lemon pickle, a slice off the end of a lemon, and a little beaten mace. Boil your turkey six or seven minutes. If you boil it any longer it will make it hard. Then put it on your dish. Thicken your gravy with flour and butter. Mix the yolks of two eggs with a spoonful of thick cream. Put it in your gravy. Shake it over your fire till it is quite hot, but don't let it boil. Strain it and pour it over your turkey. Lay sippets round. Serve it up and garnish with lemon or parsley. To hash fowls. Cut up your fowl as for eating. Put it in a tossing pan with half a pint of gravy, a teaspoon of lemon pickle, a little mushroom ketchup, a slice of lemon. Thicken it with flour and butter. Just before you dish it up, put in a spoonful of good cream. Lay sippets round your dish and serve it up. To hash a woodcock or partridge. Cut your woodcock up as for eating. Work the entrails very fine with the back of a spoon. Mix it with a spoonful of red wine, the same of water, half a spoonful of allagar. Cut an onion in slices and pull it into rings. Roll a little butter in flour. Put them all in your tossing pan and shake it over the fire till it boils. Then put in your woodcock and when it is thoroughly hot, lay it in your dish with sippets round it. Strain the sauce over the woodcock and lay on the onion in rings. It is a pretty corner dish for dinner or supper. To hash a wild duck. Cut up your duck as for eating. Put it in a tossing pan with a spoonful of good gravy, the same of red wine, a little of your onion sauce, or an onion sliced exceeding thin. When it has boiled two or three minutes, lay the duck in your dish, pour the gravy over it. It must not be thickened. You may add a teaspoonful of caper liquor, or a little browning. To hash a hare. Cut your hair in small pieces. If you have any of the pudding left, rub it small. Put to it a large glass of red wine, the same quantity of water, half an anchovy chopped small, an onion stuck with four cloves, a quarter of a pound of butter rolled in flour. Shake them all together over a slow fire, till your hair is thoroughly hot. It is a bad custom to let any kind of hash boil longer. It makes the meat to eat hard. Send your hair to the table in a deep dish. Lay sippets round it, but take out the onion and serve it up. To boil cabbage. Cut off the outside leaves and cut it into quarters. Pick it well and wash it clean. Boil it in a large quantity of water with plenty of salt in it. When it is tender and a fine light green, 
lay it on a sieve to drain, but don't squeeze it. If you do, it will take off the flavour. Have ready some very rich melted butter, or chop it with cold butter. Greens must be boiled the same way. To boil a cauliflower. Wash and clean your cauliflower. Boil it in plenty of milk and water, but no salt, till it be tender. When you dish it up, lay greens under it, pour over it good melted butter, and send it up hot. To boil broccoli in imitation of asparagus. Take the side shoots of broccoli, strip off the leaves, and with a penknife, take off all the out rind up to the heads. Tie them in bunches and put them in salt and water. Have ready a pan of boiling water with a handful of salt in it. Boil them ten minutes, then lay them in bunches and pour over them good melted butter. To stew spinach. Wash your spinach well in several waters. Put it in a colander. Have ready a large pan of boiling water with a handful of salt. Put it in. Let it boil two minutes. It will take off the strong earthly taste. Then put it into a sieve, squeeze it well, put a quarter of a pound of butter into a tossing pan, put in your spinach, keep turning and chopping it with a knife until it be quite dry and green. Lay it upon a plate, press it with another, cut in the shape of sippets or diamonds, pour round it very rich melted butter, it will eat exceeding mild and quite a different taste from the common way. To boil artichokes. If they are young ones, leave about an inch of the stalk. Put them in a strong salt and water for an hour or two, then put them in a pan of cold water, set them over the fire, but don't cover them. It will take off their colour. When you dish them up, put rich melted butter in small cups or pots, like rabbits. Put them in the dish with your artichokes, and send them up. To boil asparagus. Scrape your asparagus, tie them in small bunches, boil them in a large pan of water with salt in it. Before you dish them up, toast some slices of white bread, and dip them in the boiling water. Lay the asparagus on your toasts, pour on them very rich melted butter, and serve them up hot. To boil French beans. Cut the ends of your beans off, then cut them slantways. Put them in a strong salt and water. As you do them, let them stand an hour. Boil them in a large quantity of water with a handful of salt in it. They will be a fine green. When you dish them up, pour on them melted butter and send them up. To boil Windsor beans. Boil them in a good quantity of salt and water. Boil and chop some parsley. Put it in good melted butter. Serve them up with bacon in the middle if you choose it. To boil green peas. Shell your peas just before you want them. Put them into boiling water with a little salt and a lump of loaf sugar. When they begin to dent in the middle, they are enough. Strain them in a sieve. Put a good lump of butter into a mug, give your peas a shake, put them on a dish and send them to the table. Boil a sprig of mint in another water, chop it fine and lay it in lumps around the edge of your dish. To boil parsnips. 
wash your parsnips very well, boil them till they are soft, then take off the skin, beat them in a bowl with a little salt, put to them a little cream and a lump of butter, put them in a tossing pan, let them boil till they are like a light custard pudding, put them on a plate and send them to the table. End of part three.